Dan Ladding had his first ever media day as Oregon football's head coach, and he showed that he is ready to be the head coach. What he said, what to take away, we'll talk about all of that today on Locked on Ducks. Here we go. You are Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view of the day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Like, comment, subscribe, wherever you're listening to or watching the show. Thank you to everybody out there who has done so already. We're back in season here at the Locked On College channel, which means we'll be back to daily content. Been doing my best to keep it uh, daily here throughout the summer. There has not been a shortage of topics to be sure, but now we are back to uh, five days a week throughout the month. And one guy who I like to get on several times a month, if possible, is Ryan Winner. He is with me today at Sports Chat 503. Ryan, it is uh, right around the corner that time of year where uh, we will have actual football games to be talking about. And boy, watching media days over the weekend just, just got me a little bit more juiced up for it. Absolutely, dude. I'm ready to run some laps around the block. <laughs> it's uh, It's hard to not feel that way. If you're an Oregon fan, Dan Lanning came out. He's uh, a very young guy. I think it's easy to to forget that sometimes because he has uh, a real presence about him, I think. And, you know, my, my biggest takeaway overall watching him and how he handled questions and how he talked about uh, his team and the players is this is a guy who's still very early in his career and hasn't been uh, you know, a coach or a coordinator for that long. And I think, you know, an outsider's perspective might be, boy, he just ha- hasn't done too much at this point. I know he had a great season at Georgia as the DC, but he's still a relatively young coach and that's true. But I, I was most impressed with his maturity and presence at, at the podium. I-, I just kept thinking to myself, this guy's ready to be a head coach. Yeah. 100%. You know, it's interesting you said his age. He's the first coach who's younger than me in my history. I'm 44. <laughs> that, that seems a little weird, right, um, for me. Uh, but you know what? I think it's a fantastic situation. He did look very professional. I thought, you know, he did a really good job. There was a bunch of different media that I, uh, uh, you know, looked at. There's a bunch of different interviews they were having over time and whatnot. And I, I tried to gather all of it up. I'm a guy who tries to watch everything. I try to watch all the interviews as much as I can, just to kind of, you know, uh, what I'm most interested in is my number one uh, passion right here for the Oregon Ducks, right? So I really liked how he came out and basically just went on like a two-minute sales pitch of Oregon. Hey, all right, we're Oregon. We are uh, the best team in the conference for the last decade. Uh, there's only been nine teams to go to the uh, playoff. We're one of them, and we've been there twice. Uh, we've done this. We've done that. We've done the other. We've got more viewership. We're doing this. We're doing that. Hey, uh, it it almost felt like the Donald Trump, Russia, if you're listening, uh, you know, (laughs) find the emails. He's kind of like, hey, Big Ten, uh, we're over here. You guys are interested (laughs) still. I think we're good. Even though he did a really good job, and I think actually all the coaches uh, on Pac-12 Media Day did a really good job of avoiding the Big Ten question, right? Or avoiding the Big 12 question. The Arizona schools, uh, everybody else, they did a really good job of kind of sidestepping that. They let uh, uh, the commissioner talk about that, right? So uh, Klavkov didn't pull any punches on that one, man. He went right after it. He said the Big 12 scared. I love that. So, you know, I just. I, that's you know, a, that's my, overly optimistic on his part, for uh, sure. Yeah, big time. <laughs> and so I like just how Dan Lanning came out and said, hey, no problem here. 
We're one of the best brands out on the West Coast. We've got everything lined up. We're good to go. You know, they're a coaching staff. We've said this over and over and over. That gets to take over a team that was not a full rebuild. And he's just ready to go. He's got cars in the parking lot. They're ready to see if they can uh, do some stuff with. And his excitement level is so good. I just like his eyes. I like you can really see, man, he's just fired up. And that one picture, I don't know if you saw the picture of him and DJ Johnson where they're walking into media day. And he's looking at DJ. And it's like, and there was a post that somebody said, find somebody in your life that looks at you the way that coach <laughs> looks at DJ, you know? And I just love the, the Alex Forsythe DJ combination. I think both those guys really embrace and embody what this team's all about. Um, very intelligent guys, uh, very good at what they do. Uh, I think DJ Johnson's going to be a major, major player on the defensive side this year. And um, <clears throat> I just, I'm really excited about it. So I think you could kind of tell when he got on the stage that this was the most exciting uh, outside of probably Lincoln Riley. This is the team that's the most exciting for everybody in the Pac-12. How is they're going to rebound? I think there's more excitement for Oregon than there is even for Utah. And Utah's returning champion. Yeah. And then the preseason favorites, by the way, Utah is, and I believe they 100% should be. They're my pick to win the the conference this year. I think they're just a little bit ahead of uh, where Oregon is at, maybe even more. But we'll see how, how much schematically Lanning and company can uh, provide an upgrade on game day against Kyle Whittingham compared to what we saw last year on a couple Saturdays that were two of the least competitive football games I can remember Oregon playing uh, in the last decade in a season where they won uh, 10 games. Just not something you saw very often. I, I agree with you so much about Lanning and the way he the way he looks when he talks, right? A lot of coaches say the right things or a lot of coaches say similar things about their team, about their players, about this, that, and the other thing. And it's important for us to be able to, you know, kind of pilfer through and say like, okay, he, he's being very honest and open here. And over here, this is a little bit of commissioner, coach speak, whatever you want to call it. Like Klyovkov saying the Big 12 is scared. The Big 12 is not scared of the Pac-12. That is, that is not that is, that is not a thing. Like his his comment about, um, you know, yeah, we haven't decided if we're going to go shopping in the Big 12 yet. I was like, right. dude, I look, if you could somehow pull that off, you might get an award for commissioner of the century. Um, but Big 12 schools are not looking to join the Pac-12 right now. That's not not a thing. But I like I appreciate the mentality from him. But But in talking about landing, when he talks, he has this like twinkle in his eye and he, he looks like he's holding back an even bigger smile when, when he talks about the program. You know, he, he just gets into that zone and I feel like he's not just ready from a, a schematic or maturity standpoint, but I think his excitement level is just so high to have this opportunity. And I know every coach, when they get a new job, they say they're excited about it, and I'm sure they are. But he seems to be at another level in that sense where, where he kind of knows that he doesn't have to come in, tear it down to the studs, and build it all the way back up, that he can come in and, and implement things that, that he wants to. And he talked a lot about a growth mindset, which is – not something you'd probably hear a lot for a team that just won 10 games, but that's the sort of high expectations I think he is setting, and I think that's a really good thing. But when he gets going about that stuff, you know, he's smiling like right here. He looks like he wants to be like right. He looks like he wants to show every tooth in his mouth. He's so happy about it, and it just it is so easy to watch, and I, I, I can't get enough of it. 
I agree. And I, I think he's very well spoken. You know, we didn't really know what we were going to get. Obviously, the X's and O's check out. He's great on the field coach and whatnot with what he's done there. But we don't really know exactly what his you know connection with that team was versus other coaches. He comes out here. He's the guy. You know, everybody's got a microphone in his uh, uh, face. He has to answer every question. I think he did a great job. Uh, and he's and he's done a really good job in front of the microphone, just kind of expressing himself. I, I tend to think he's probably again, this is a guy that came in, he's already had the best recruits. He hasn't even coached a game yet. This is insane. <laughs> Not a single game. This is insane. Okay. So he's brought in the best uh, quarterback I've ever had, hasn't coached a game yet. Uh, he has the Spencer Webb uh, passing, which I think he really outlined really well in the media days. He uh, is there and gives a fantastic speech at so his good. service. Nails it. I mean, people are crying in the room, dude. Nails it. Um, that's hard. That's so oh, hard. That <laughs> anytime you're a new coach, first of all, yes. it's hard for a coach to handle. It's even harder for a new coach to handle. But like we were saying, he's in his mid thirties. I mean, yes. the the maturity on this guy just seems to be off the chart. Like he's just built to be a coach. I agree, and I I really get kind of some Mike Bellotti vibes. So Bellotti, I felt like was the best communicator. I think Rich Brooks. In my lifetime, we've had Rich Brooks, who was a little prickly, didn't really get along that well with the media, didn't have a lot of success, too, had a lot of questions constantly. Um, and then Mike Bellotti. I think Mike Bellotti nailed it. I think he was like Bill Clinton. He was just an orator. He was a guy who was like, all right, everybody's shaking hands, kissing babies, doing all this stuff. Chip came in, wanted nothing to do with the media. We know that. No. Chip no, was like, okay, all right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Chip reminded me of W.C. Fields. Get away, kid. You're bothering me, you know? <laughs> And, and, and he's just old school. Chip's like, dude, Chip is all about football, old school. And then he had Helfrich come in, and Helfrich was just like deer in the headlights. I mean, obviously, we know that. <laughs> yeah. And and then Cristobal came in and was just like Mr. Control message guy. Presence. Presence. Got presence. I'm going to say the same thing over and over and over and over. I'm going to look at James Grappia like I'm going to murder him and then <laughs> smile. I'm like, good question, James. And I love James. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, the – this is a guy who's come in and who's done it the right way. He answers questions in a very honest way, a very human way. And um, you can tell you're right, dude. He knows what he has. He wants to smile this big Cheshire cat. And the one thing I really liked was he went water the bamboo. I'm a huge water the bamboo guy. Greg Bell is one of my favorite guys out there. Holy smokes. Former duck basketball player writes the book, water the bamboo, huge thing. Used to wear the wristband. Had the whole thing. I've been a teacher for years, going into my 18th year teaching. I've talked about growth mindset for years. It kind of came out of the math department, but uh, because again, math is so kind of difficult for a lot of kids. They come in with some sort of anxiety about math already before they even had a chance to learn it. I teach social studies a little different, but I still, I hype growth mindset so much, constantly, constantly, constantly. And we turned into water the bamboo which is just this nice little story of you water it, you water it, you water it, you don't see the growth, and then all of a sudden it explodes. And this is the mindset that Chip had. And he was like, hey, we're going to build. We've got a good team. Chip took over a good team. He taught growth mindset. He was like, the next level is there. Oregon's not at the next level. They're at that like plateau level. Mm -hmm. You're going to need a growth mindset to get to the next level and have the capability to do it. It's going to be surprising to some people, but I do think this year they're going to be in that conversation. I think they're going to, I think they're going to surprise some people. I think they're going to play very well at Georgia. I think they're going to put together a very good uh, non-conference. I think they're going to beat BYU. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. And I think they're going to come into the Pac-12 uh, calendar ready to go. These guys 
at this media day, everybody thinks their their team's awesome. It's a week before camp. Oh, dude, so impressed. We're the, we won the offseason. Jed Fish is like, we're the most explosive team in the offseason or whatever. The, I don't know what the exact word he used. Everybody's hyped on their team. Lanning knows what he has because he can put on the tape from last year. And obviously, any coaching staff can look at the team from last year and say, oh, we can improve. <laughs> we can yeah. improve on this, yep. this, and this. <laughs> right? Yeah. There, there, are, there are areas. So I think their defense is going to be better. I think their offense is going to be better. And it already was pretty good last year on both sides yeah. of the ball. So, no, I, I think Dan Lanning is in a perfect spot. He's got young kids. And for all of us old-timers, like I guess I'm old-timer now, but all of us, Joey Harrington era, Joey's one year younger than me, that we're concerned about a coach leaving getting another coach that's going to use it as a stepping stool. Uh, uh, I think Lanning's staying. I think he knows what he has here. I think he has support from the administration. I think he has support from Nike. He has bought in. He wears the sneakers, his whole shoe. His, his, no one else has ever worn the sneakers. I mean, think about that. I mean, that's just, that, that alone should say a lot about his embracing of the culture of Nike and everything else. Um, even the, the gear, he's always geared up in different stuff. Cristobal wore the same shirt for like four years. I mean, this is a guy who like uh, wore the uh, the phonetics uh, gear, the, the the duck that's not even really the the classic duck, the other cartoon duck, right? That's on all the phonetics gear. He was rocking that. You know, I saw people saying, "Who? How did they get this guy in this gear? What are we talking about?" It's like he's embracing all of it. So, I just I love the fact that he comes in with youth, with energy. This is what this team needs. It's a young team, and it's going to have a hell of a couple of years in front of it with the recruiting classes that he's bringing in. So, why wouldn't you be excited? Yeah, I, I, I'm glad that he, you know, looked the way he did and answered questions the way he did. And I never felt like he needed to go overboard either, right? And I don't think he thought he needed to because what we're talking about, like, he, he doesn't need to, you know, put on too much of a show there. I think he just knows, like, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to show up. Uh, we're going to go to work. And, and he's just trying to uh, contain his excitement. He's all about a growth mindset. And so is LinkedIn. As you get up for fall, you might need the right people on your team to help your small business fire in all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Talking with Ryan Winter here at SportsChat503 on Twitter and on YouTube as well. Frequent guest here on uh, the show. Uh, something else I, I enjoyed hearing Lanning say was, how he talked about competition and who he wants Oregon to to go up against and who he wants to uh, you know be be playing on on a weekly basis and look I think that as a coach based on what he said I don't think he'd be opposed to going to the Big 12 or Big 10 because Lanning has the same sort of mindset that that I do or at least that's what he's saying and I believe he's genuine in that sense he wants the smoke I mean he he do, he doesn't want to hide from big games. He, he knows, and he's talked about it repeatedly. He said, look, Oregon's a, a national brand. I'm happy to be here because we have the opportunity to go play teams like Georgia, right? Georgia's not playing every power five program out here on, on the West coast, and they won't just play anybody, but they're willing to play Oregon because to them, that's a respectable enough matchup uh, to give them a, a good non-conference win and opportunity to showcase their skills in a, in a non-conference game as well. And I, 
am 100% a fan of that mentality. I've said it for a while. I will continue to say it. I want Oregon to win every game they play, but I love it most when Oregon wins a big game. Like, yes, I'm more nervous going into a big game against Utah than I am uh, a road matchup with with Colorado where we're going to be favored by three touchdowns or, or something, right? Like, yes, I enjoy having both in a sense because I don't want that stress every week. But if you have no stress during the season, you're not playing a season that's going to yield right. anything super fruitful, right? And, and, and so the he's talking. going to come at the end, right? Because you're going to exactly. have an unknown. Yeah, exactly. And so I think what he's saying is right, which is, look, we want to play against great teams. There are good teams in this conference, but I'm going to leave it to everybody else who's making that decision because he is not primarily. I'm sure he's involved in the conversations, but he's not you know, necessarily a decision maker on that front. And he says, look, I'm going to get my team ready. We're going to compete at a high level. We're going to play good teams and we're going to play football this way. And we're going to stick to that growth mindset. And I love that mindset from our head coach. Oh, absolutely. And and a willingness to compete. I think, you know, right away, the big discussion was the quarterback room, right? We had this idea that Ty Thompson was lined in, and then all of a sudden, here comes the transfer. Oh, no, Bo Nix is going to upset everything. Okay. What did he say? He said that's the tightest room of the whole group. He said those guys are competing together. They know it's on the line. You got three guys in there that are all capable. They all want to play. You only got one position. You only got one spot. Everybody else holding the clipboard or putting in signs, right? That's a tough position. That's about management. That's about understanding exactly what's in front of you and controlling the room with discussion and keeping it open, keeping it transparent. Uh, I went through, uh, I'm preparing for all the Pac-12 stuff. I'm going to do all my previews on my channel. And I went through and kind of just looked at all the quarterbacks. There's a bunch of new quarterbacks in different positions this year, right? Uh, new new schools, Delora moves, other sort of stuff, transfers come in. And, you know, most of these quarterback jobs, I would say half, are already locked in. There's no competition. And the Ducks have an open competition. Now, we think it's going to be Bonix, but they're going to have an open competition all the way through. That, that's about transparency. That's about competition. That's about the willingness to compete. Um, and you know, you got to like a, a team that's willing to do that. You have to football is an impact sport. I, I, I was talking to my dad yesterday in the pool. My dad would, loves to go down memory lane and tell stories about when our high school football or something. And he said, man, I remember that one time you used to tackle that guy. I said, buddy, I never shied away from contact. <laughs> I liked contact in every sport. I was laying dudes out in every sport. I loved it. Um, I never shied away from it. That's why I like football so much. That's why I embrace it so much. That's why I watch so goddamn much of it. And when it's in the summertime, what am I watching? I'm watching golf, which I'm watching right now. And what did I watch last night? UFC. Two hours of dudes just beating the hell out of each other. I'm here for the smoke, man. I'm here for it. Why wouldn't you be? That's what we're here for. So uh, I just, I love his energy. You can tell he's fired up. You can tell he gets amped up. You know, anybody who's been around sports and seen a lot of coaches, you know the coaches that start talking and they start foaming at the corner of their mouth. <laughs> and you can see, and Lanning, I can tell, is one of these guys. He's one of these guys who's going to be in the meeting room. He's going to be already, like, foaming at the mouth. Like, he's just spitting fire, man. And he's a guy who it knows he had to compete at the highest level with the most elite athletes in the country. He's proven it. He just won the national championship last year with Georgia, and these guys all went to the NFL. They had, what, what did they have, 18 guys go to the NFL? 15. 16? 15. 15 guys go to the NFL. Oregon had one. He, in the draft. He's a guy who knows how to compete at the highest level. So that's what pumps me up even more. We had this discussion the other day about Wilcox. 
That didn't pump me up. It was a safe play. Yeah, you don't think he's going to leave, but I, it didn't pump you up. Yeah. It didn't make me want to go buy tickets to the Atlanta game. Yeah. And I can't wait for the goddamn George again because the presence of Lanning. That's what made me buy those tickets. So I, I am fired up. And I loved how the media day went because I watched everything, of course. And I was really wanting to watch USC and see what, see what they said. And I felt like the energy and the buzz around Oregon was bigger than in every other, even USC. USC, they were like, well, kind of some unknowns. Well, you looks like it's really good. Well, it's the seven on seven team of the year. Well, you know, we don't really with Utah, it's like, oh, can you do it again? A lot of pressure. Can you do it again? Yes, they're returning everybody for the most part, or they have a bunch of skill guys coming back, except for Covey. And they but dude, Oregon's got a lot of buzz. Oregon's got a lot of hype, and Oregon's got still some unknowns too, which I think is exciting. Because I think Landing's going to be wheeling out a brand new team on the biggest stage in college football in week one. Who wouldn't be excited about that? Yeah, th- there's something else on on that note I want to touch on after I tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, Go Mariners, NFL, NBA, NHL, Combat Sports, Esports, and even our personal favorite golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. By the way, Ryan, not surprised that you're watching golf as uh, as we record this. Tony Finau, man, that guy has been on a heater. going into the last day. These guys are so good. It's 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 he, ridiculous. It's absolutely missed, ridiculous. I, I think yesterday he missed one fairway and two greens, or uh, one yeah, green yeah. and two fairways. <laughs> yeah, I, no, they're 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 just some rid- ridiculously talented dudes out there. I, I think for the. the the PGA Tour. We won't go into a golf tangent here. Don't worry. We'll we'll get on. Dude, but golf I, on golf next. I I, I I think I think the PGA Tour has got to start making their regular events a little bit tougher. Like it, majors are fun because guys struggle every now and then, right? I mean, you don't want to see them just going out there and shooting twenty five under to to win to win a golf tournament. Like that's that uh, that's not as good. But wild. Uh, you, you touched on something a moment ago about the excitement around Oregon. And one thing that I thought of is I think of of all the teams that are coming into the PAC 12 this year, I think you could argue Oregon has the highest ceiling. Doesn't mean they will get there, but highest ceiling or most untapped potential from last year. Because I think what you saw through the first 10 games of the season, when Oregon went nine and one, that one loss to Stanford, but the big win at Ohio State and, you know, some narrow wins against teams that they should have blown out. I think what you saw there was the talent on the roster carrying the Ducks to wins. You had better talent. And at the end of the day, that's going to help you win out. But I think that the ceiling for last year's team from a roster standpoint was above what we ended up seeing on the field because schematically the shortcomings that, you know, ended up in a win against a one and four Cal team at home or a, a winless Arizona team at home or a Fresno state team out of the mountain West at home, right? Those were all seven point wins or, or Arizona. We pulled away late, but it was close going into the fourth quarter. Like it should have been a stress-free win and it was not, but I think what you saw there 
was the talent just kind of winning out. And, and so when you think about the Ducks going into 2022, you think about, well, those schematic shortcomings reared their ugly head in a three-week span against Utah, right? Twice, 76 to 17 in two games. That's not close. And that's all X's and O's, all of it, right? Execution at the quarterback position is totally a part of it as well. But the rest of it is all about the scheme because you can't look at Utah's roster and look at Oregon's roster. Are they comparable? Yes. But based on the recruiting rankings, which is a really good indicator of where you're at as a team and as a, as a unit, Oregon should be above Utah in, in that sense. Now, I understand Utah's been really strong with player development, and they're comparable. They're on that level. I'm not saying that, that, that they're not. But what I am saying is Utah's roster is not 76 to 17 in two weeks better. That's all scheme. And so it feels like if Lanning and the staff are able to, to make adjustments in that sense and be better then the ceiling is beyond a 10 win season that we saw last year. And Oregon still won 10 games. It's so easy to forget that because it ended so horribly. It ended with a couple of blowout, embarrassing losses. Your coach leaves and you go to the bowl game and you get smacked because you had injuries and opt outs and a staff that was, you know, not going to be there after that, right? Like there were so many things going against Oregon for that game. So it ended terribly. It was a 10-win season, and you beat both your biggest rivals. Yeah, and it felt like, you know, there was some positivity at the very end of the last blowout in the bowl game where the second half you were like, oh, this is what the future looks like. I like. Yeah. Oh, they're, oh, they're throwing the ball more than 20 yards. I like. Oh, you got some freshmen – Wide receivers that are talented. Nice. Okay. Okay. I can deal with this. I mean, even out of all that disparity at the end of the year, you still had a little bit of gleaming hope coming out of that last piece because you know, you're bringing seven back, you know, you're bringing these guys back. And then you have obviously the whole turmoil of the off season with the coaching staff. You have guys go to the transfer portal for a day and come back or whatever the case happened. There's all sorts of crazy stuff that went down. I think this year, man, these guys are really fired up and it's an exciting year. It's very different than every every other year you had a takeover. Um, I would actually liken it kind of the closest to when Bilotti took over. You know, you had a good team with that that Rich Brooks uh, Rose Bowl 94 team. You go to the 95 year, you go to the Cotton Bowl. You had a really, that, that, those two years back-to-back were the two most successful years Oregon had ever had in the program, back-to-back years. Um, Bilotti takes it over. Bilotti ends with the uh, Holiday Bowl in 08. And Chip takes over, good team, solid, have high expectations, and goes right into it the next year. So, you know, this is a year where, you know, I get it. It was it was not the end of the year that you wanted, but you got to a New Year's Six Bowl. You had a 10-win season. Well, no, and, not not a new – no, Alamo's not well, New Year's Six. I, I'm sorry, no, uh, not Alamo. I'm, I, I was thinking the other thing. Uh, you, you had your second best uh, is what I was thinking, like the Holiday Bowl. Yeah, you're, you're, holiday, holiday bowl, bowl used to be now. Now it's Alamo, but yes, like Alamo still a solid bowl. The old, the, the old, the old Holiday Bowl was the second place bowl outside of the Rose Bowl. Correct. Now the Alamo Bowl is second place. I'm sorry, not New Year's Six. I meant to say uh, one tier down from the the top dogs. Um, but either way, you you had a quality opponent. You played a good, you you played a good opponent, and you know you got to tip the cap to Utah. Utah also went in to the Rose Bowl and had a hell of a three quarters until. Ohio State did what Ohio State does. And, you know, that's a good team. They're bringing a lot of guys back. They've got a really good quarterback. They kind of had figured the thing out. 
you know? And uh, so there's also something to be said about they wanted it. They were on the uptick. We were on the downtick. I get it. Injuries played a part in here too. I don't want to make excuses, but I mean, Oregon had a slew of injuries early in the year, especially on the defensive side. I mean, you're starting a freshman Keith Brown at linebacker at the horseshoe. That was not expected. That was not something they wanted to do, but you were forced to do that. And even guys like DJ, you know, DJ talked about it in the media day a couple times yesterday saying, uh, or on Friday saying how he was kind of asked to do things or he raised his hand and said, what do you need? You need, you need somebody at the tight end. I'll go to the tight end. You need somebody at the defensive. I'll go to the defensive end. Where do you need me? Because there was such a uh, depleted uh, roster there for a couple, three weeks. It looked really bad. Um, I do think though, this is a year where you've got a brand new opportunity. You've got a new strength and conditioning coach. You've got a whole new identity in the program or program. And you're just bringing it. You're just bringing it. And you're going to see what happens. If something similar happens uh, to this team, you know, you just chalk it up to it's football. You got to wheel it out there. We want our team to win every game, but the other teams want to win too. That's why you play the game. And you get to the end of a fourth quarter and weird stuff happens. I mean, let's think about that Pac-12 championship game last year. I actually, going into that Pac-12 championship game, thought the Ducks were going to lose to Utah because they'd just gotten blown out two weeks before. But I thought they had a better chance. I thought maybe they'd put some things together. Utah scores that first drive like cheesecake. The second drive, Anthony Brown throws that interception, Devin Lloyd, and it's return pick six. It's 14 nothing, and there's a lot of time left in the first quarter. That right there took the wind out of the sails, and it was done. And you could tell the team, not that you want to say the team gave up, but the team definitely was like, well, it looks like we're not going to do what we're going to do. So the fact that you were able to go into that Alamo Bowl game, get shredded in the first half, and come back in the second half and say, hey, our season's not over. Our future's not over. Let's throw this thing around. Let's have some fun. They played that second half like they really didn't care about the couple three losses before. And that's what I think about well, oftentimes when you have some seniors who are leaving the program and some young kids coming up who are going to establish the program. I mean, literally, you have Anthony Brown go to the NFL and you have Troy Dye go to uh, or, or Travis Dye go to uh, USC. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, it's one of those deals where now you've got a whole new group. You've got your all new uh, running backs, you've got uh, transfers coming in in the running back room. You've got your wide receiver group all ready to go. You've got transfer in there. You got ready to. I mean, you got the quarterback got a transfer. So there's a bunch of guys on this team that have not been a part of the past. They're coming in absolutely fresh with really high expectations, and they're all pumped up. The vibe at Oregon right now is really good, and Lanning has a lot to do with it. He's the guy in the at the at the front of the thing, but he's also a guy who it feels like to me is letting guys do their thing. He's delegating. He's letting Dillingham cover the offense. He it's got to be fun over there with Dillingham running that thing. And you know, the defense is on point. Everybody's listening to the defensive side with him and Tosh and those guys, dude, they've got some things cooking. So it's an exciting time to be a duck. Season is just over a month away. I can't wait. No matter how it goes in that Georgia game, I, I am really, really excited to have uh, some football to talk about here in less than a month. There's plenty more, though, which is why you should like and subscribe wherever you're listening or watching. And I think Ryan Winner at Sports Chat 503 on Twitter and YouTube. You check him out over there and you will hear him as a recurring guest here on the show, as many of you have already. Ryan, appreciate the time as always, my man. Of course, man. Much respect, Spence. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.